Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Lombardi Line. It's hour two with Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bon and Tony. I'm coming to you live from our VEASAN studio, Circa Resort and Casino. Michael out on the East Coast in Ocean City. Just about that time with football season around the corner that all your tourists are leaving. And I know that's what really has created the glow with you right now. Yeah, I'm so happy, Stormy. It's a little quiet, too, today. You know, like a town's like, you can feel it. Like, you don't know that feeling when your town empties out. Like, that's just kind of like... I think Billy Joel had that song about uh, the last uh, the last song. I forget the name of the title of it, but it's so true. They put the sheets on the chandeliers. Like people are leaving. It's so good. The, you know the Don Henley song. You know the Boys of Summer. They're gone and leaving. Closing time. That's the one that comes to mind for me, Michael, with you out there. And so, well, it's nice that it's quiet for you there. It's been very busy when it comes to. Teams and rosters trying to get down to that final 53. The waiver wire, we just went through some of the claims and update that Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham, despite being released yesterday, are going to be back with the New England Patriots on the practice squad. Jonathan Taylor yesterday unable to get a deal done with another team, so he's on the physically unable to perform list, going to miss the first four games of the season. Still technically by NFL standards available to be traded up until that October 31st trade deadline. We got the slight update that Miami as well as the Packers were perhaps that second unnamed team throughout the process. But at the end of the day, Michael, uh, you even did the what's on Michael's mind a week ago uh, saying that Chris Ballard's phone's not ringing. Well, the thing, you know, and these stories that come out, the Packers were interested, right? So like that, like every time I hear something like that, I try to say to myself, okay, let me understand this. Did they offer Aaron Jones for... Jonathan Taylor will swap you players. I mean, did they do that? Is that really being interested? I mean, that would be, you know, you're taking an older player for a younger player, a guy who's under contract for a guy who potentially could. But it makes no sense to me, you know, especially after you just you redid Aaron Jones's contract. You just redid the deal. He's due to make $11.1 million next year uh, with 400000 on roster bonuses. 
and another half a million in, in workouts. So, and the contract's going to void. So it's a one, you know, and you mm-hmm. got him this year, basically at, at, at cheap money, you know. So I, I didn't understand that. You've already paid the workout bonus at a half a million. It, it, it doesn't add up to me. Just an unfortunate situation, I feel like, all around for a talented young player that still should have a lot to give in his career, but an agent gets in your ear and your thought process and where you feel about your contract completely changes at a time that it's a bad situation for running backs. It's The market isn't there for teams looking for a guy. The Between the compensation in terms of assets as well as the compensation in terms of dollars and cents for contract, it's not there right now. And so you're seeing a talented player that's going to be on the bench not playing for his team for at least the first four weeks and we'll see what happens with the rest of this contract holdout and situation moving forward but a young rookie quarterback that could use your support now he's going to be the running feature of that offense and uh, a first year head coach that is put in a sticky situation from from ownership and from his star player now so that was a topic for what's on michael's mind last week what's on michael's mind for today michael what you got for us well, I think, you know, we talked about the kickers, right? There's so many kickers moving around. But when you really look at the backup quarterback market in the NFL currently, and it's not really good. Like, it's just not really good. There's a lot of teams that, you know, for the example, the, the, the Patriots, they just, they just cut um, – uh, you know, Bailey Zappi, yep. and I was like, okay, you know, Bailey Zappi didn't play very well. That's why he got cut. And so I could see that. And then when you break down all the quarterbacks, like, you know, when you go through it all, I mean, Zach Wilson's the backup at the Jets. We know how that's going to work out, right? Malik Willis is the backup at Tennessee. He got better? I'm not sure. C.J. Beathard's the backup in Jacksonville. What do you think Jacksonville win total would look like if he comes in the game? I know know all too well about C.J. Beathard as a 49ers fan, so I hear Uh, you. There you go. There you go. So my point is, is there's the backup quarterback market is not very good. And, and... Carson Wentz still can't get a job. Like, what is going on here? Like, how bad must Carson Wentz be as a player and as a teammate that he can't even get a job when some of these teams don't even, you know, I mean, the Patriots are going to play with Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham, or I don't know who else. Maybe they'll sign a guy, but there's no veteran. If you're a veteran on the raw, if you're a veteran, you should have a chance, right? I mean, Green Bay's going Sean Clifford all the way. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, wow. With with Carson Wentz, it's an interesting situation, Michael, because of just the way that the trajectory of his career fell off a ledge after that ACL. Yeah. Because he was somebody who was a, an MVP favorite at the time of that injury has to go watch his team go on to win a Super Bowl without him with Nick Foles as the quarterback afterwards. But it seems like, and I'd be curious your opinion on this, because we've heard from Frank Reich, who despite things working obviously terribly in Indianapolis, that that he feels very highly about Carson Wentz. We heard even from... um, from folks at the commanders that he's somebody that is trying to humble himself and realize that he's open for any opportunity out there. But is there a league-wide consensus that Carson Wentz is just broken, or or what is this? I think a little bit of this gets into what kind of teammate is he. Because Jim Irsay, you know, was scorched earth when he left the building. And and that's that, that that's damaging, right? That's going to hurt you because he, he, called he him a got mistake. rid of him. Yeah, I mean, he, and he went after him. And so... 
you, you got to feel like that. And nobody's really stood on the table and gone up and batted for him to say, okay, he could be a serviceable backup for us. Like, it's, it's hard to believe. I know Jake Browning's the backup in Cincinnati. I mean, I'm with you. I thought if I had a vote in 2017, Wentz would have been my MVP mm-hmm. without a question. Mm-hmm. But Black. now I, I wouldn't, you know, after what I've seen the way he's played, but even the way he's played, it's still better than some of these guys that are the backups. It's still better. I mean, Blaine Gabbert's the number two in, in, in Kansas City. You've seen that movie before. Nick Mullins, the backup in Minnesota. You've seen that movie before. Thanks for reminding me. That's fun. Um, <laughs> when uh, with, with Wentz last year, he ended up 11 touchdowns, nine interceptions, eight games, seven starts. The first six, uh, you know, the offensive line didn't help him. There was a sack problem, sacked 23 times, nine in just that one game, his first time facing the Eagles in a different spot. And it's just been downhill after downhill. They tried to bring him back in in that critical game against the Browns late in the season. We all know how that turned out with the three interceptions and put them out of a spot in playoff contention. If there was to be a landing spot, Michael, if there were to be one, where do you think that he could end up potentially this year if, if he gets another shot? Well, I mean, look, the, the, any team that has a pure rookie, right? I mean, Cleveland's got D- Dorian Thompson-Robinson, right? They're going to start him. That's one team. I mean, the Bears are going to play uh, Tyson Baggett. The Packers got Sean Clifford. There's three teams. And then Clayton Toons, the backup at Arizona, along with Stetson Bennett. There's four teams that have four rookies as backups. Now, if you think rookies starting are a problem, rookies as backup can be a problem. Now, I know everybody's going to say, well, Brock Purdy. I, I got that. Brock <laughs> Purdy played really well, and I'm not going to dismiss that. But he was the third. He was the third. He wasn't the number two. That's the little bit of a dangerous thing. I mean, the thing is, it's interesting, is Pittsburgh's held on to Mason Rudolph. They haven't got rid of him. Yeah, I mean Houston actually for whatever Houston is as a team, they probably have through th- their, their quarterback room might be at least they have depth. Mills has started, and Case Keenum started a championship game. And it's interesting because there is such poor backup quarterback play around the NFL that this is obviously it's such a quarterback driven league, and the guys who are starters largely are like game-changing types of players. That's why they have one of 32 jobs in the entire country. But it's wild, Michael, how many of them get hurt. Like last year was such a huge year, a huge year for backup quarterbacks. There were 22 freaking teams that saw their starter miss more than a game last year. 22. That's absurd. And so a lot of it is... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and so that shows that there's importance to have a little bit of depth at that position because you never know what's going to happen, and it's the most important position on the field. So you'd think that having a veteran would be a presence that you would want. Yeah, I mean, look, Ron Wolf used to draft one every year because he knew the value of the position, and he had Mike Holmgren dressed him up. I mean, Mark Brunel gets traded. Matt Hasselbeck gets traded. You know, that, that they became assets for him, and that they dressed him up. They're, now it's like, okay, you know, do we really want to go down this road? You know, I'm not sure. So I, I think, to me, it screams at a two things happen. Quarterbacks, teams are not protecting the quarterbacks like they need to, right? Too, they get too many free runners. They're not really – you should start your offense with how do we protect the quarterback, not how do we get five guys out in a route. Mm-hmm. But that, that's not the case sometimes. And a lot of times the guys that get hurt, they get hurt because – 
they don't play the position fast enough, and it puts them in awkward positions. It's a unique position to play. There's not everybody on the planet that can play this position. Yeah. It's an instinctive position. You've got to know what to do and how to play it and how to move. You know, one move here keeps you from – I mean, just think about this, Stormy. If Brock Purdy steps up one step and climbs the ladder in the pocket, Riddick doesn't touch him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes, and that's a chilling – thought for me personally as you think back to that NFC championship game but he and uh, the 49ers and the Dolphins the two exceptions last year of the 10 teams that did have a quarterback that started all of their that started every game for the season the quarterbacks that did Michael eight of them made the playoffs so that just goes to reinforce the point again the importance of that position and having health with the the best guys on the field there was a report as it pertains to Carson Wentz for a time that the Chiefs had a level of interest in maybe signing him as a backup things just didn't pan out I thought maybe the Rams could be an interesting spot with Matt Stafford's health issues and having a a guy come in since and Kyle Allen isn't I mean sorry Stetson Bennett it hasn't exactly been stellar to this point. No. Brett Rippon, maybe his only advantage is that he's been there for a couple months. Food for thought. We got college football coming back. Adam Burke joins us next, Michael. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
The updating NFL betting guide is going to be released in less than 24 hours. Coming out Thursday, throughout this NFL preseason, all of our VEASAN experts have been re-evaluating the teams to give you a betting edge. Our updated guide has picks from every on-air host, including yours truly. Team-specific preseason analysis, analysis Mr. Michael Lombardi has writes up, write-ups for all 32 teams. How to use VEASAN betting splits and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, Now's the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You can do so for as low as $19 or save 50% off that monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. The man who puts that together as well as the college football betting guide as well as so much more here for us at VEASAN. Adam Burke joins us now, VEASAN managing editor, also, of course, co-host of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast with our guy Tim Murray at Skating Tripods on X. Welcome in adam how are you today buddy i'm good i i was shocked a little bit to hear on x i'm still calling it twitter i'm trying to just yeah. i'm trying to just migrate you know I've, I've bit the bullet this is the way it is i gotta go for it you, you know the hardest part sense. though the hardest part adam and stormy is like you're looking for it on your phone and you don't find it because it's x it's not the twitter bird like, like i'm still conditioned to like where the hell is it on my phone you know my it's phone like ridiculous michael my phone hasn't fully updated properly for whatever reason and so my little app icon does the flicker it's the bird most of the time but then when i go to open it it's the x and then it goes back and forth it's so weird so every now and then i see the little blue bird it's great um, but adam on to more important things like i mentioned you guys do have the the college football betting podcast it's i want to say two episodes a week but I just know when it downloads automatically and I listen to it. I don't know how many there actually are, but you and Tim are doing really, really great stuff. And you have a breakdown of week one that is already out now. What is your favorite bet of this opening week of, of real football now with 130 plus teams in action? Yeah, we actually didn't talk about my favorite bet. We mostly talked about the weeknight games and kind of some of the big storylines around college football this week, the decisions with quarterback battles. Some of the teams are going to play multiple quarterbacks. One team that will not play multiple quarterbacks this week is Western Kentucky because Austin Reed is a guy that just puts up ridiculous numbers in a West Coast style offense that I don't think you that South Florida is going to be able to keep up with here this weekend. And South Florida has got a new head coach themselves in Alex Golish, who was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee last year. So he wants to play with tempo and Jerry Bohannon, the Baylor transfer, is capable of doing that. He's an experienced guy. But there's not a lot of talent around him. And the South Florida defense gave up over 41 points per game last year. So my favorite play this week is Western Kentucky minus 11 and a half. There were some minus 11s earlier in the week, and maybe you can still find one. But I just don't see South Florida stopping them at all whatsoever. Malachi Corley is a Sunday player on that Western Kentucky roster. Their top wide receiver had 103 catches last year. And Western Kentucky's defense was pretty good, too. So I think the Hilltoppers get off to a resounding start here in week one. I think they blow out South Florida mm. laying 11 and a half. Yeah. I mean, look, Bohannon was very athletic. South Florida, in the guide, you indicate, I think their power ranking on returners is pretty good. But I think that can be misleading, right, Adam? Because if you can return a lot of guys, but they may not be good enough, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and also, I mean, again, as I said, this is a defense that gave up over 41 points per game last year. And Todd Orlando is a really, really good, very accomplished defensive coordinator, especially at the collegiate level. But he's oftentimes walked into situations where there's simply more talent. So he's got more to work with right away. Here, I think it's a complete rebuilding process on defense. And when you're going to play with tempo on offense and probably be pretty inefficient and have a lot of three and outs or five and outs, something like that, a lot of short drives, 
that's going to put your defense on the field a ton. And that's a bad recipe for South Florida in this week one game. Again, that line's hitting 11 and a half, total 70. Whew, that's, a, that's a high one. Getting us started on a, on a high note here for sure. Talking college football with Adam Burke, VEASAN Zone Managing Editor. I know you usually do a great job of honing in on some of those lower level group of five conference teams, but you actually have a bet this opening weekend um, in the Power Five, Nebraska and Minnesota. What are you looking at? Yeah, Thursday night game here. So this one coming up pretty quickly, but I think Nebraska plus seven is a good bet here. I think this line's just a little bit too high. My power ratings, which I post Sundays over at vcin.com, I have Minnesota a four-point favorite here. The Golden Gophers lost a ton. They lost seven of their top eight tacklers on defense. They lost their top two running backs in Mo Ibrahim and Trey Potts. They lost Tanner Morgan, who was like 35 years old and used all of his (laughs) eligibility a long time ago. This is a rebuilt offense. It's a rebuilt defense. And I think Nebraska with Matt Rule, there's a lot of talent in Lincoln. They just haven't paid attention to the details. They've been awful on special teams under Scott Frost. They've had inopportune turnovers. They haven't taken care of the football. I think they do that here. I think Matt Rule really installs a lot of good concepts and just a good vibe around the program. And Georgia Tech transfer Jeff Sims is a guy I think that has some upside. So I think seven points is too many for Nebraska. And honestly, I think sprinkling the money line isn't a bad play here either. Real quickly, Adam, just because you mentioned what you did about Tanner Morgan, I talked to him last year when I was covering one of their games, and he told me that a young reporter at one point went to introduce himself, um, and they thought that he was P.J. Fleck. Like, they went to shake his hand. They thought he was P.J. How good is that? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it felt like he's been there since, I don't know, Obama became president the first time. I, it's just, it's crazy. I Look, and that's the crazy thing about you know the transfer portal. I mean, Sam Hartman, you look what he did at Notre Dame this past week. I mean, he's a grown adult. He's you know a yeah. guy who's very experienced, very composed at the position. I think Minnesota will miss that. Even though Morgan didn't do a ton in this run-heavy offense, I still think they'll miss that with uh, Kalik Manis, who's going to be the starter. The other game you like, and I love Jeff Taylor. I think he's done a remarkable job at Texas San Antonio. You did the write-up on their team. They returned 13 starters. But you're it's almost a pick 'em game in against Houston. But you like the Roadrunners in this one, huh? Yeah, I do. I like UTSA in this game. Revenge game for them. They lost at home in the Alamo Dome in triple overtime last year, 37-35. They actually blew a lead in the final minute, got a field goal drive to tie the game, then ultimately lost it in overtime. But they were the better team in that game. Six yards per play to 4.6. Roadrunners had the advantage. They outgained Houston by almost 100 yards. And that was with Clayton Toon, who was tech, who was Houston's leading passer and leading rusher last year. He's gone now. Donovan Smith, the Texas Tech transfer, comes in. UTSA doesn't have the same turnover at quarterback. They still have Frank Harris, who I think is the best, certainly the best quarterback in this game, maybe the best player on the field in this game here. So UTSA, as you mentioned, they bring back a lot. Houston lost a lot of defense, a lot on defense as well. I just think UTSA is in a really good spot here, and I think they will be the class of the AAC this year as Houston, of course, moves up to the Big 12. Yeah, what what could have been a conference opponent ends up not being one with UTSA, one of the newest members in the American Conference here, getting us started. You mentioned one of the Thursday games. There are a few coming up here tomorrow, and one that's drawn a lot of attention is that Utah-Florida game. The question marks as it surrounds Cam Rising, who is listed as QB1 on the depth chart for the Utes, but and, and is saying all the right things, saying he feels great, yet nobody seems to believe he's actually going to be starting that game. That line all the way down to four and a half now from the opening nine and a half yeah and and honestly at this point in time I mean 
I had this number more like Utah minus 13 or 14 over the summer. Brought it down to 12, knowing that Rising wasn't fully ready to go. Brought it down to 11. If Rising doesn't play, my true number is 5. But at this point, I mean, I think this line has just kind of gone a little bit too low. I don't think Florida is going to be all that good. They obviously have some turnover as well at the quarterback position where Graham Mertz will take over now. I just feel like this Florida team with Billy Napier, I don't have high hopes for them. I think they're going to squander some talent this year. Utah is always prepared. Kyle Whittingham is one of the most accomplished and experienced coaches in college football. He's known that Cam Rising probably wasn't going to play in week one all summer long. I think they'll be ready to go. They're very physical. And of course, this game being in elevation, I think at four, four and a half, Utah is probably worth a play even if Rising doesn't go. Yeah, I don't think Kyle Whittingham gets enough love or enough credit. I mean, his teams are tough, right? And they play hard. They place. They have great situational awareness. And I'm with you. I don't know where this Florida program's going. I mean, I think it's still kind of coming off off the Dan Mullen problem. Yeah, I think so too. And and again, I mean, you know, it's one thing to have a lot of talent, and Florida does, and Florida always will. It's another thing to maximize that talent. And Billy Napier, I don't know how great of a head coach he is because he walked into a pretty good group of five situation at Louisiana where they have had a lot of talent roll through that program for a long period of time. He had an accomplished quarterback in Levi Lewis. Now at Florida, expectations are high. Talent is high, but you still have to maximize it. And I don't know that he'll be able to. 30 seconds, Adam. LSU and Florida State. Uh, Florida State going to get it done? What's What's the word? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I have LSU a three-point favorite personally. Lines up to two and a half. Great game. Incredible first game last year. Two Heisman Trophy candidates in Jaden Daniels and Jordan Travis. I think LSU is the better team, but, you know, obviously it's a tough first game. Huge national championship implications. Mm -hmm. I lean LSU, but no play for me. I have LSU winning the national championship this year, so this is going to be step one. They need to get it done. Let's go, Brian Kelly. Let's go, Jaden Daniels. I'm just going to leave it at that. Awesome stuff, as always, Adam. You're the man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. Great job. Make sure you check out Adam as well as Tim Murray on the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. There'll also be multiple college football articles available throughout each and every week, previewing the slate of games during the midweek and the weekend at VEASAN.com. Adam doing awesome work as always. We're going to take a quick break. Back to the NFL when we return on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are back here on the Lombardi Line, and if you love this show, I got another spot for you to fill that football fandom, the GM Shuffle podcast. It is a must-listen for every football fan because our guy, Michael Lombardi, continues to give his unfiltered opinion on players, teams, coaching decisions, everything, Monday and Thursday of every week throughout the football season. Download and subscribe to GM Shuffle podcast from Beeson and DraftKings today, wherever you get your podcasts. And on the podcast platform, since it's not playing live at the moment, you know, and people can choose to download it. M- Michael and Femi, you got you guys get a little bit wild there. You let the curse train go. It's a, it's a fun listen. I love GM Shuffle. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I, and, and you know, my man, my man Femi. You know, he's got uh, he's got uh, defending people all over. I'm going to get him a barrister <laughs> hat there and make him stand in there. It's amazing. He he's. 
He's truly, truly, you know, when he when he told me he could watch four games at one time, I, I just got in all of them. I don't know how you do it. Michael, when his birthday rolls back around next July, you got to make sure that you've got the Justin Fields jersey. You've got the oh, Tua yeah, Tungvaluwa jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how people put his head on these people's jerseys. It's so good on Twitter. I see his head on the jersey. It it's the is. best. It's, no, it's, it's awesome. But again, you can get it vcin.com slash podcast, DraftKings, Podcast Network, um, wherever you get your podcasts. It's always great content. Again, Mondays and Thursdays every week, new episodes drop in. So get ready for that one. Download and ready tomorrow morning. Let's talk some NFL week one, Michael, because yeah. the next time that we see these guys on the field, it's going to be meaningful games and it begins. Yeah. A week and a day from where we sit right now. Uh, some of the, the movers and shakers when it comes to line moves for these opening weekend games. Jaguars and Colts, we've seen that one move a, a point and a half. And, of course, we've talked ad nauseum about the Jonathan Taylor situation. Does make an impact to the way that that offense functions with their young rookie quarterback. That game opened with Jacksonville a three and a half point favorite. Now sitting five. What do you think about it? You know, I I think these, first of all, I think week one is a separate entity in terms of handicapping because you've got to block out last year, and that's hard for us to do. It's really hard for us to do because we remember when. We remember Jacksonville in this light, and that influences the betting line, and we remember how bad another team was, and that influences the betting line. So I, I think you got to take week one and handicap it. What I was doing this morning was you really got to spend time handicapping the quarterbacks, handicapping the coaches, right? And last year's numbers don't really carry as much weight. And so when the line's moving away from Indy, it's telling you, you know, people don't uh, doubting Indy. Well, okay, that's a fair point. But are we sure that Gus Bradley doesn't know how to defend Doug Peterson? Because only half of the ball is going to be concerning for the Colts, right? Their defense is going to be fresh. It's going to be fast. They know what to expect. They've played Jacksonville before. Gus Bradley's been the head coach of Jacksonville. He understands what Peterson wants to do offensively. So as this number ticks to five, I think it's getting away from it. Mm-hmm. Because, the only, because let's put it this way. The number was set based on who was playing quarterback. Gardner Minshew? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting point, Michael, in general about looking back at how teams finished a season ago because I think the Jags and the Lions are prime examples of teams that have a lot of hype coming into this season because they finished the year so strong. Jacksonville won seven of their last nine regular season games after, what was it, a three and seven start for them. Um, They end up having so much success the back end of the season. They come back and win that postseason game against the Chargers and everybody is back on all hail Trevor Lawrence. He is who we thought he was. Doug Peterson has fixed things as the season's gone on. And so they have high expectations. Same thing with the Detroit Lions, the way they came out and we saw it's not on that graphic there but we saw a line move for that opening Thursday night football game against the Kansas City Chiefs as well and now you add the the Chris Jones of it all into that too but Detroit getting a little bit of love and play at the plus seven and a half now six and a half that we see in that opening game Uh, also just before we move too far off of the the Jags you see Doug Peterson had to cut his son yeah, but I mean, he knew that. Everybody's making a big deal of that. I mean, that's so good. Like, it probably was inevitable, and he saw it coming as like his son knew that that was going to happen. But still, that's got to be just a rough, 
a rough face to face. Sorry, people buddy. People think the cut is so final when the cut's just the beginning. You know, you got you know you're gonna get on with your career. Maybe you're gonna go stay around, be on our practice squad. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, like the, Brian Ferentz, the son of of Kirk Ferentz. Okay, this is how old I am. I mean. I think he was maybe one or two when we hired Kurt at, at Cleveland when he came in to be the line coach. I don't even know if Brian was born, actually. So, uh, you know, and, and he's been an undersized center, and he's played forever in the NFL, you know. And it's like you can do it if you're in the right place the right time. And sometimes you're not going to make the 53, but you could have still have a hell of a career. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was that hard. Yeah. Uh, I saw somebody tweet, and forgive me for not giving the credit where it's due, but I did think it was funny. Uh, somebody tweeted, at least they're not trying to start Tim Tebow at tight end anymore. So that's been <laughs> yeah, progress. From that the, was a disaster. <laughs> but let's go back to week one again. I want to yeah. point something out. I think what you have to do with week one in handicapping is I think you have to take away, you have to look at perception teams and believe the line may be going in the wrong direction based on perception, not based on preseason. So let's take Chicago Green Bay, right? Chicago's listed as, I mean, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. But when you go through all the numbers and you look at everything, in my board I have, I have Green Bay should be about, a, about a, almost a four-point favorite. Mm. Now, I understand they're playing in Chicago. I get that. But I think Chicago, that number's been lower because there's a perception Chicago's going to be good, right? There's other teams that have this perception. Okay, the Chargers are another one because the analytical community loves the Chargers because they got Kellen Moore and Staley. So media-wise, they get all this love. They get incredible love. So are, are, is their number inflated? Now, they're healthy. That helps. But we know this. Vic Fangio... Took Kellen Moore, as we like to say in the league, he owns Kellen Moore's guru card. It's on his desk. It's on his desk. He's owned it. You know, he did it when he went in there with Denver. It's just sitting on Vic's desk. You want to play that one? Go ahead. But I'm going to sit there and say, I don't see it. I know the analytical community loves him, but Vic's got his card sitting right there on his desk. I think you got to take that into consideration. Yeah, I agree. That's a line that is completely based on perception. I think that's a tremendous... Uh, just call by you when you look at it. Last couple minutes here, we'll look at some more of these lines that have had significant point, point and a half shifts. The Commanders now up to seven point favorites against yeah. the Cardinals. And I mean, we know it's an uphill battle for Arizona this year, but I was joking with you in a commercial break earlier, like watch all this talk about Arizona tanking <laughs> and how awful they're going to be. And they're going to upset the apple cart week one and beat Washington. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I mean, Look, I, 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 this morning when I went through my lines, Arizona's my worst power rank team. And I think this line should be above seven. You know, and I know that it was at six. And I think, where is it now? Did it get to seven? Yep, up seven from and five and a, and a half to seven. Yeah, I, I had it originally. I, and so, you know, I think it's risky. But I do think Washington's improved. You know, I think that Sam Howell's a good player. And I don't think that Arizona's – they claim six guys today. Okay, what does that mean? That means they claim six players from other teams. They don't like their roster. That's six out of 53 guys they're putting on their team. So they're, they're, they're telling you they, they have a, a huge deficit mm-hmm. in terms of the talent base. And we know the quarterback's concerning. Now, 
We also are concerned about Ron Rivera. We're concerned about Jack Del Rio. We're concerned about Eric B. We're concerned about the Washington team in general. And they may not be better than seven points better than anybody. But this is one that you would think they're going to take seriously and they should start fast. Another bottom feeder team in the NFC West, aside from the Cardinals, is the Los Angeles Rams. But we've seen this number come down a little bit, so maybe the Rams getting a little bit of play. Seattle was a five-and-a-half point favorite, now four-and-a-half. I actually got a four at Circa the other day. I don't usually bet early on some of these lines, but I saw a four, and I I had to grab it on Seattle for that first game against the Rams. Yeah, you know, and everybody thinks, oh, we're playing in Seattle. They're 20 and 15 over the, since 20. Yeah. You know, that, that hasn't been a great home field. These two teams know each other. Look, the one thing I'll caution people on about the Rams, and I'm a, I'm a huge proponent that they're not very good, but if they're going to have any moments, it's going to be in September when they're healthy. It's going to be the only time they're going to have moments. You know, and, my, and Stafford will be good. He'll be good. And he'll throw the football. I don't know where Weatherspoon is. He's been out with an injury. How good the secondary is for Seattle. I think these games are, will be closer, especially opening day. Why? Because everybody thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl or opening day. They all think they're good teams. Well, and we've talked about it a couple times, too, throughout this offseason, Michael, that when it comes to perception, there are teams that we think of as bad. So that's probably we think of them worse than they actually are. A team, if we think that they're good, we're probably thinking of them as if they're better than they are right now. We just have to see it on the football field, which we haven't to this point. We're going to step aside our last break of the day. This show has been flying when we return. Why not Wednesday? Sometimes there are some bets. Yeah, maybe they're longer shots, but they make you turn your head and say, <laughs> why not? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check on the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out those betting splits for every game at vcin.com, which leads nicely into our pro tip of the hour. We do these every single day here on the Lombardi line. Every program does. If you're looking for pro tips from a specific person or show, they are searchable by show and by sport over at vcin.com. But Michael, our pro tip today actually has to do with analyzing some of those betting splits because how often do we have bookmakers on the program and we say, what do you need? And how often do they end up being on the right side? So what you got for us? Well, I think when you look at these games, you want to look at the betting splits and you want to kind of hone in on some of the games that where there's no money on, where there's the public doesn't really have a position in it. And I think you want to literally, the books are focused on them, so they, they're where their liability is. And like we've often said, the books rarely lose on a week. I, I, mean, I write them down every week, like where the book needs, and especially if you do it on the Thursday before the game. But, like, for example, I mean, this game, uh, nobody's betting New Orleans in this game. They're the home team. 97% of the money's coming in on Tennessee, yet the line is moving to New Orleans. That, that, that tells me something. That's a game I need to work on, right? And it's the same thing. The Jets, you would think there would be a ton of money on the Jets based on the fanfare, based on all the popularity of the Jets, and yet they're only getting 17% of the money. Now there's 10,000 tickets written, but they're only getting 17% of the money. And yet that line's moving towards them a little bit. So I think what you want to do is look at that. The Giants, for example, the Giants-Cowboy game, that is 11,000 tickets. The money split. The money split. So there's really nothing you can do with that. What you want to be able to do is understand that where can you find what we call the gap, right? Every team that gets ready to play an opponent, they're looking for the gap. What do we need to do to win the game? Well, what do you need to do to win the week in betting? you got to find the right games to bet. To me, after five years of doing this, the hardest thing for me to do is pick the right five games, mm-hmm. to recommend the right three games, to, to pick it, and, and eliminate games. And I think that's how you start this. And by doing this, focusing on the games where the book needs one team may be a good place. And, yeah, what you said there, Michael, at the end, I think is is – arguably the most relevant part to sports bettors is that this isn't something where just because all the money is on one side, that means you should automatically be contrarian and bet the other side. That's not what we're saying, but utilizing this as a tool and a find to play to, and a a way to find out where you want to start on a given week, where there could be betting opportunity one side or the other, like utilizing that as a tool versus just saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bet this. I'm going to bet this. Uh, Again, there's, there's no, as you know, you've done this longer than I have. There's no universe. If there was a universal rule, there wouldn't be books. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's not. And remember, we're just trying to get this, you know, if you want to win the contest, you got to get to 72%. If you want to make money, you got to get to 55%. If you want to be good at this, you got to at least get to 60%. So I, I think you got to really take that into account. And you've got to understand and ask yourself the reverse. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I playing Seattle? Why am I not playing the Rams? Like, you know, one thing they they learn in decision-making is your first hunch 
is always you just end up collecting data to support the first hunch you have. Yeah, confirmation like, bias, right? Yeah. And so when you look at the board, what's for? Oh, that looks like a trap, right? That looks like a trap. I don't want to, you know, like, you know, this summer I really like Pittsburgh, but I can see team, a lot of people like Pittsburgh, and no one's betting San Francisco. That might be a stay away game for me. Yeah, again, just collecting this data and trying to make the best choices, but a great place to start is by analyzing those betting splits. And again, the VEASAN betting splits page has them all laid out nice and neat there at VEASAN.com. Last couple minutes here, Michael. We do this every Wednesday on the program. I throw a few long shots your way, our long shot spotlight in Why Not Wednesday. And basically, I just want to get a feel from you today on, on whether or not you see this name and you see this number, and it makes you say, hey, why not? That could be worth a sprinkle okay. or or if it's a no-go for you. So uh, let's start with the offensive rookie of the year odds. We know those young B. John Robinson, the favorite, those young rookie quarterbacks are at the top of the list. But I'm going to throw your way. Dalton Kincaid uh, would be the first tight end to win. There, there's been one other, but it was like, years and years and years. I want to say it was Ditka, right? Like, it's been a long time yeah. since there was one. But offensive rookie of the year, Dalton, Dalton Kincaid, 40-1. to 1. I like it. I love Kincaid coming out. And I think he went to the perfect team for him because he can play in the slot. He's got really good hands. He's tough. He'll block the support. He'll block the little corner. He can go line up and play Y with Dawson Knox on the team with him. I think it's really a good opportunity. I think he'll get the ball a ton. You know, they're going to be a 12 team, not an 11 team. And because of that, he's going to catch a lot of passes. I like it. I would play that one because, look, you know, Bijan Robinson. Are they going? You know, are they going to be able to get him the ball? Are they? I mean, they can hand it off to him, but are they? Are they good enough at quarterback to 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 tie that up? I think there's some uncertainty there. Yeah, it's interesting how much of our talk about the Atlanta Falcons keeps on going back to Desmond Ritter and whether or not he is an NFL starting quarterback and if he can get the ball downfield and get the ball out in general. But B. John Robinson, yes, your favorite, plus 275. You know he's going to get play. Um, but hey, a long shot never hurt nobody. How about? <laughs> Defensive player of the year, 50 to one shot, Matthew Judon. Make you want to say why not? Why not? I mean, look, they're good on defense, and I think with Josh Uche on the other side, that helps him. You know, he had him last year. Uche had a good season. I think their defense is really good. It's improved. Uh, Kenyon White's a really good player. They drafted in the second round out of Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, if they're good on defense and they can win some games, I think they got a chance. Micah Parsons, your favorite at five to one, followed by Miles Garrett, eight to one, TJ Watt plus eight fifty, defending defensive player of the year, twelve to one, led the league in sacks a year ago, Mr. Nick Bosa. But fifty to one. Again, these are long shots for a reason, but kind of honing in on players that could have an opportunity in some of these markets and shake things up a little bit. How about a team? Everybody's talking about the Arizona Cardinals being the worst team in the league. You even said as well yourself that that's your power-rated worst team, 32 out of 32 in the NFL this year. Can I tempt you with a Tampa Bay Buccaneers 7-1 to to have the fewest wins in 2023? Not with the Cardinals. They're still on the board. Okay. No. I can't. Clayton Toon, Joshua Dobbs, I can't. That line's a mess defensively. You know, now look, I was going through the Bucks. I mean, they're not good either. They're not, but they have some really good defensive players. They may not, they're going to win three, four, five. I think I play their under, but I wouldn't play them yeah. to beat the card, to have less wins than the cards.
Speaking of which, we have seen some some shifts on the Cardinals win total. It was sitting at four and a half for a long while, but we saw the three and a half pop at DraftKings and some other places. Uh, not looking like high hopes for Arizona this year, and that's why we were talking about it on air yesterday. I fired on a Arizona Cardinals four to one here at Circa to be the last team without a I win. So I love it. I, I love that you did that. By the way, I love that. I feel like that's a very doable one because it's not until like week ten or eleven where there's a team that that at least starting here with our power ratings and what we know about teams to this point that on paper look like they're going to be pre- pretty bad. Those are the ones that look dicey. It's not until we're in double digit number of games on our season already, so I think it's a chance. Four to one. I don't hate it. This one you might hate. Tua Tungavailoa go over 500 passing yards in a game. It's a plus 650 price. Does it make you want to say why not? No, it makes me say no way because if he's <laughs> throwing the ball, then Vic Fangio will come down from the press box and try to basically take the headset away from the head coach. There's no ch- like If he continues to want to keep throwing it, They'd have to get behind. They'd have to throw it. No, 500 yards. I agree. Hard to get 500 yards of offense, let alone 500 through the air. Well, it's a prop because of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, I that's see why it, it is Look, what it is. It. I, I mean, he threw a he threw a little he threw a little pass to Tyreek Hill the other game. He barely got the ball to him, and he'll turn to a 35 yard game. It's just somewhat remarkable how how good he does it. It's really. He's so talented. Michael, this last one I completely disagree with. I have absolutely no interest. There is no why not. There is no anything. Yet sports bettors keep placing the bet. Colorado to win the Pac-12, 120 to 1. No way. I think these people are on some some sort of substance that shall not be well, named on this program. Guy, what are we you, doing? The guy, the guy you do the games with say they have the worst roster in all of college sports. And people were giving him a lot of crap for it. Like, I, I've heard two sides of the story, that they're really talented or they have no players. Like, I don't know what it is, but I don't think they're going to win the uh, in the first year. I think that's going to be challenging. With the high-level caliber talent, specifically at the quarterback position, that there is up and down the, the top half of the Pac-12, there is no... Sh- no uh, way. There's no way. One, 120 nobody, to 1 is not high enough something. for me to bet that. You just said something that nobody realizes, that the Pac-12 has good quarterbacks. Yes. That, that that isn't at USC, you know, or Utah. I mean, Ward up at Washington State, you know, Delora at Arizona. I Caleb mean, Williams, ever heard of him? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 